Welcome to the Demon Games Volume 1, The Game of Man and Fallen Angels. This is Episode 16, Scientists. It's told from the perspective of Lee Demon Cayley. It's January 23rd, 1997, Humanetics Incorporated, Washington, D.C. Hurry up, Cayley. We're here for an important conversation and I don't want to miss it. Lucy hisses at me as she buttons a lab coat. She is back in physical form and pulling her red ringlet hair into a bun at the nape of her neck. The lab coat she grabbed from the supply room to cover her white bodysuit has no identification. While she stays in her physical body, I have possessed the body of a lab technician who likes to play with Ouija boards. I know nothing about her, but Lucy does. Enough to know that she was a possession candidate, meaning she was one of her worshippers. I look in the mirror and read the name tag on her jacket. Wanda. Ick, horrible name. Weird Wanda may be the plainest looking woman on earth. Ugh. Lucy says it's easier to possess the non-beautiful because you can move around unnoticed. Lucy dons some reading glasses taken from atop Wanda's computer and grabs a clipboard, which I assume is for effect. She always says an 8.5 inch by 11 inch clipboard makes you practically invisible in the human world. No one questions the legitimacy of a person carrying a clipboard. Kaylee, you will have to lead and get us inside restricted areas with this woman's key pass. I'll stay close behind you to avoid detection on security cameras. The place is practically deserted today, so we should have no trouble blending in. I voiced my frustration. Why are we invisible form and needing to blend in? Lucy huffs at my question. Kaylee, sometimes you are more trouble than you are worth. We have things to do here today that require bodies to interact with humans. Now do shut up and get going. I follow Lucy's directions as if I'm her personal lab rat, which is ironic because we're in a laboratory. Lucy, what could possibly be important in a place like this? She doesn't answer. I grab a clipboard as well and open the door to a restricted waiting area. At first, I think the room is empty, and then I see the Cohen seated in the corner. I look at Lucy for some direction. She puts a finger to her lips to signal to me to be quiet. We move close to the couple so that we can hear the exchange between Sarah and Enoch, but pretend to be talking with each other. Sarah seems nervous. She is fidgeting with the buttons on her dress. Enoch takes notice of the fidgeting and reaches for his wife's hand. Everything is going to be fine, Sarah. Trust me. This is going to be an exciting day. You're taking a big step towards being a mother. She sighs. I guess you're right. Enoch leans down to make eye contact with his wife. Sarah smiles. I mean, of course, you're right. Enix sits back in his chair and winks. That's better. Sarah's body language doesn't change. She is not relaxing and begins to chatter nonsense. Did you notice the new dress I got for the big day? Does it say, look at me, I'm about to watch my daughter be conceived? Enix laughs. Well, I'm not sure it says all that, but it definitely says, I'm a beautiful person. Brave enough to face anything that comes my way today. He kisses her softly on the tip of her nose. But to clarify, Sarah, the baby is already conceived in medical terms. You are here to watch her be implanted. I know, I know, but this is the day she becomes real to me. A group of people in white lab coats enter the waiting room and interrupts their conversation. The leader of the group addresses them first. Hello, Enoch. Good to see you again. This must be the lovely Sarah. It is an honor to meet the world's next heroine. Enoch's wife blushes slightly. I'm not sure I deserve that title, 
But yes, I am Sarah Cohen. You must be Dr. Abbott. Indeed, I am. Let me introduce you to the rest of the team who has been working on this project. This is Dr. Frederick Bradley, a world-renowned geneticist. He has been handling all the delicate DNA engineering as well as handling the uploads. Uploads, Sarah asked. Yes, that's a Frederick Bradley term. I'll let him explain. A tall, lanky man with thick glasses and pale skin steps forward with his hand held out for shaking. In my demon opinion, he epitomizes the definition of science nerd. Hello, Sarah. It is nice to meet you. Uploads are the specifics, the specifics we choose for a baby. For example, we decided that baby Anna should have brown eyes, a muscular build, and be taller than average. She has every mental agility and advantage known to us. We spliced, replaced, and enhanced the DNA in her germline to create the outcome we desired. Of course, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's a general explanation. I see," says Sarah. "What mother wouldn't want to know that her baby has been properly uploaded?" Sarah shoots a look at to Enoch that makes it clear she's uncomfortable with Doctor Bradley's answer. Doctor Abbott ignores Sarah's iciness and continues with their introductions. This is Doctor Jason Anscombe. He is also world renowned, but in the field of fertility, he supervised the entire fertilization process. He will be living on site in Israel, so he can tend to the surrogate and the baby from implantation to birth. He will be the one to deliver her at term. He is licensed to practice medicine in the states as well as in Israel, so he will implant her here and deliver her there. Enik interrupts. Israel. Why is she being born in Israel? Doctor Enscombe doesn't hesitate to take the loaded question. Well, the laws on DNA modification, cloning, as well as genetic germline editing and engineering, are just forming in the industrialized nations. The laws of the United States allow us to do what we've done so far: splicing, editing, and uploading. In the interest of full disclosure, I should say they do not prohibit it rather than they allow it. However, our nation will not allow any of this to result in a designer baby. At best, we could be forced to deny her existence. At worst, we could be forced to abort her. The U.S. will not allow in utero surgeries for the purpose of perfecting a baby's appearance, which we must have as an option to optimize our result. On the other hand, the nation of Israel bans what we've done so far, but have agreed to cooperate if we agree to share our science with them once the baby's born. They will also recognize the baby as a U.S. citizen and allow us to issue her birth certificate here. Running operations in Israel will give our surgeons the leeway to do what is necessary to help her thrive. We chose the Holy Family Hospital for her birth. They have a fantastic birthing facility and neonatal unit, and it's in the small, quiet town of Bethlehem. It meets our needs. Enik and Sarah fall silent. I look at Lucy and whisper. What's going on in Bethlehem? I thought you hated that place. Once again, she puts a finger to her lips to silence me. Doctor Abbott addresses the uncomfortableness. I know traveling to and from Israel was not something you expected. Your visitation will be unlimited, and we will cover your travel costs. The surrogate will agree to live in Israel for the nine months. We reserved an apartment for her on the property of the hospital. There's a suite available for you as well, should you want to visit. An additional advantage of a Bethlehem birth, Congressman Cohen, is that you will not likely be recognized there. 
I imagine this is important to you. Bethlehem isn't exactly crawling with members of the International Press Corps. Annie does not reply verbally, but is nodding in agreement. Dr. Abbott continues the introductions. This is Dr. Brian McMurray. He will be the attorney for this entire project. He has two degrees from Stanford, one in medicine and one in law. I know both of you have law degrees, so I probably do not need to explain why in-house counsel is essential to a positive outcome. The introduction brings a smile to Enix's face. You certainly do not. We would completely agree that this is a wise move. I must say having two degrees is quite impressive. Dr. McMurray slightly dips his head to Enix. Thank you. It's nice to meet the Coens, whom I must say are also quite impressive with their two degrees. All three give a small, awkward chuckle as they shake hands. Lucy rolls her eyes at me. Dr. Abbott moves on. And last but not least, I want to introduce you to Adrienne Morgan. She will be our press representative. She has a communications degree from Cornell and is a respected broadcast journalist, both here and in Israel. Sarah lights up. Is it possible I recognize you from the breaking news show on NBC? Well, yes, I was on that show until last month. I resigned to work on this project with you. You gave up a news anchor for this small project of ours? I appreciate the concern, Mrs. Cohen, but after Dr. Abbott approached me with what you're doing here, I could not pack up my desk fast enough. In my opinion, this is not a small project. This is history being made, and I wouldn't miss it for anything. Adrian shakes the hands of the Cohens, slightly dipping her body as if they are royalty. Dr. Abbott motions for everyone to head towards the double doors as he continues to talk. We know the press will be all over this story once we allow it to break. The investors thought it best that Miss Morgan be on board from day one so she can handle this delicate topic in an informed manner. Now that you have met the team, we will walk through the science used to make baby Cohen. Please come this way. Sarah grabs Enoch's hand. It seems as if the reality of the baby is sinking in with her. She places her head on his shoulder and whispers, I'm going to be a mother. He smiles. I can see that Lucy has succeeded in getting into Sarah's head. The thing that she had hoarded less than a year ago is now something Sarah is convinced she wants. The Coens follow the group into the science lab, but Lucy pulls me back. Come with me. She pulls me into an empty closet. We will be back to join the tour, but I want to show you another part of the story that is happening right now. I step out of the body I've been possessing and return to spirit form. Lucy jams a syringe into Wanda's arm. That will keep her asleep until we need her again. Lucy returns to spirit form as well, and we move away from the building. I still have not figured out the entirety of what Lucy is plotting, but I can clearly sense that the action is intensifying quickly. Well, this is the end of episode 16, Scientists. In the demon talk for episode 16, which directly follows this episode, we are going to have a conversation on demon possession. Part of the discussion will be upon who is a candidate for being possessed. And what are the rules of demons not only taken possession, but also for interacting with humans on Earth? Have you interacted with one? Is someone you know possessed by one? Sometimes we can be quite convinced they are. But a question that deserves a great deal of attention is how the rules for possession and interacting with humans and Almighty differ for Lucy and the other demons. I invite you to episode 16, Demon Talk, as well as to episode 17, Humanetics.